standard issue for all women. Hello, Hannah here and welcome to the first in a special series of Sunday Chops that we are doing to celebrate LGBT History Month, which is taking place throughout February. If you can hear a bit of noise in the background, that is Joan. I would move her, but, you know, it's more hassle than it's worth and it's pretty cold, so she's intent on leeching the the heat out of my body. So apologies. In this series, we're going to be covering a range of topics within the LGBT community. Coming up, we're talking to the brilliant comedian Rosie Jones about who her LGBT icons are in comedy. But first up, we have this episode where we've asked our friends, the comedians Kate McCabe and Deborah Jane Appleby over at the Strong Female Leads podcast to tell us about representation of lesbian and bisexual women in popular culture and they have certainly delivered and as Joan will tell you Kate's cat also makes an appearance at the end of this piece if you want to make sure you don't miss any of this series and indeed any of the podcasts that we produce just press subscribe and they will be waiting for you the next time you go online until next week got plans for Valentine's Day? No, me either. Actually, that's a lie. I do. And those plans are moving to a new location as of February the 14th in London. We will be at King's Place near King's Cross and we will be hosting the fantastic Dame Claire of Balding and the excellent Sarah Pascoe. Tickets are on sale now. So, you know, get them quickly because they are going to sell like baked goods that are warm get yourself over to www.sarahmillican.co.uk forward slash standard hyphen issue where you can find out about this and all of our other excellent shows hey this is kate mccabe and deborah jane appleby from strong female leads we've been asked by standard issue to talk about the current state of lesbian representation in film and television a subject close to our gay gay hearts Over at Strong Female Leads, Debs and I cover primarily genre entertainment, so all of nerd culture from a feminist perspective. But, you know, we are consumers of pop culture at large. So if a movie like Carol, for instance, is advertised as being about lesbians, we're going to be there, even if she's not putting on tights and a cape. So representation. Of I mean, if she's taking off tights in a cape, we're definitely going to be there. <laughs> I'll, I'll see it twice and I'll buy the DVD. <laughs> we can objectify women too. We're lesbians. <laughs> it is important to us. And what we've noticed as women, as lesbians in this world, is that lesbians often get the short end of the stick when it comes to <laughs> representation. Uh, all filthy puns <laughs> intended. A resource that I recently checked out states that both lesbians and bisexuals are largely unrepresented on television. A report by the BBC, which focused on lesbian, gay, and bisexual people, found that lesbian women were relatively invisible compared to the level of coverage of gay men. Glad states that gay men comprise a whopping 83% of LGBT representation in the media, while lesbian characters are about 35%. Now, I'm not exactly sure how 83 and 35 mash together, but I'm not here to do the maths. That's always been the complaint that most people have about lesbians is that they don't really know how they mash together. (laughs) 
<laughs> and also like lesbians mashing together. Look, sometimes we mash together and other times we don't. There's a lot of different ways to have lesbian sex. <laughs> Tasha Anderson in an article titled Why the Media Still Doesn't Get Lesbianism Right says that when lesbians are shown, viewers see very stereotypical depictions. So this is when we are shown, which is not very often. Tasha goes on to say, more often than not, she fits the lipstick lesbian trope. She's femme, traditionally attractive, and hypersexualized. Now, look, I'm going to come back to that quote later on. Debs and I have some big issues to talk about with lesbian representation. But first, we just want to say it's not all gloom and doom. There are more lesbians than ever being represented on television and in film. I mean, some of the ones that I found that have either been on the air recently and maybe just had their last season or are currently on the air include The Fosters, Supergirl, Bojack Horseman, American Vandal, Black Lightning, The Runaways, Jane the Virgin, Adventure Time, Everything Sucks, Legends of Tomorrow, Vita, Charmed, Winona Earp, The Bold Type, Riverdale, Harlots, Glow, Orange is the New Black, Killing Eve, Steven Universe, One Day at a Time, and Orphan Black. As for films, we recently had, or are recently to see, Battle of the Sexes, The Favorite, Colette, Disobedience, The Handmaiden, Ghostbusters, comma, Implied, Carol, <laughs> Bex, Lizzie, Vita and Virginia, Tell It to the Bees, My Days of Mercy, Porcupine Lake, and put Colette down twice. I guess that's yeah. how much I want to see Kira Knightley lives out. And one thing you notice yeah. about the majority of the TV offerings is that they are American. True. So pretty much yeah. Killing Eve and Doctor Who are the only ones from the UK. Uh, additionally, uh, Canadians in a close second there. Canadians seem to have a real knack for LGBT characters right now, and their ratio of lesbian characters does seem to be better than ours. Orphan Black, of course, being one of my fave shows of all time. Yeah, and well, I think the, Earp. yeah, the, the Canadians even more, even more so that a lot of the the shows that are on in the states are Canadian shows, aren't they? They've always done it well. Winona Earp and and Continuum, and yeah, often is often is the new Black, <laughs> whatever that is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'd love to see that mashup. Yeah, there you go. So, uh, yeah. The 100 also recently ended. I believe that show had its final season. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, and that had a famously famous lesbian couple on it. Within this representation, we- it's not just about quantity. It's about quality. Mm. So, you know, we thought we'd talk a little bit about issues that we think are going well and issues that maybe aren't going so well. And the first one that I want to dive into is the quote that I sort of teased there at the beginning where Tasha Anderson was saying, more often than not, she fits the lipstick lesbian trope. She's femme, traditionally attractive and hypersexualized. Sometimes she takes a heterosexual relationship out for a spin, even though she is not bisexual. In your opinion, does this image of that kind of lipstick lesbian being the standard um, help us or hurt us? Because I feel of two minds about it. What are your initial thoughts, Debs? I think it is probably just indicative of the of the larger media view. We were at Clexicon this year, which is a convention entirely for uh, queer women in uh, media, representation of queer women in media. They had a very good panel, which is available on uh, YouTube now, where they had queer actresses talking about their experience, both in the UK and the US, in Hollywood, in, in TV, and when they've been able to play queer characters and when they haven't, and the single 
defining factor of these women were they were beautiful beyond belief. The majority of characters that are on TV are stunning, straight-passing people, you know, physically. Yeah, I mean, that's just the itch of getting into television work in general. It's about whether or not people look like normal people or whether they look like they're in an American soap opera. Yeah, Um, or even a Brazilian soap opera. (laughs) Yeah, that's one thing that Britain has always done better. I mean, if you look at whoever is on British soap operas, they just look like the people that you would see down at the pub (laughs) anyway. But I do think, especially with this stereotype, lesbians, my community, which I love dearly, we would sort of be angry either way it went. I think when lesbian representation first came about, a lot of lesbians were worried or would get angry. Oh, you're just going to depict us as flannel shirt wearing, mechanic, uh, <laughs> you know, mechanically skilled, short haircut. Yeah, uh, the super producers. Butch. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I think to have very feminine lesbians, especially at the outset of when lesbians were uh, starting to sort of become hot property on television. I think some lesbians were kind of relieved that they just looked like the other actresses on the show. Yeah, they just looked like the beautiful actresses that are populating this small town or this hospital. However, I do think now time has passed. We're at a point where representation kind of does veer towards one end of the spectrum. As a somewhat soft, butchish lesbian. I wouldn't mind seeing a little bit more swagger from some of the lesbian characters on television. Well, that's where the word representation really comes in, isn't it? Because we're not just having the the fact that they are gay represented. You know, there's a whole, hate to use the S word, spectrum of of types within within the lesbian community. And it's like a a double-edged sword. You're either going to be accused of being stereotypical if you know if you have them all building furniture in flannel shirts or you know even you know one person like that and one person flouncing around dressed as, as if she's from the 1950s what you what you seem to get instead is you get people who just look like ordinary people but who have to constantly say oh by the way this is my girlfriend this is my wife i'm gay you know i am a lesbian verbally in the plot lines because otherwise people will just not you know unless they're literally snogging the face off another woman and even then half the audience are just going to go that's a face she's going through yeah i mean i think one of the shows has probably done it best recently and i haven't seen the current season yet so nobody spoiled this for me i've only watched season one because that's available to me on amazon prime is um the spinoff to the good wife which is called the good fight the main character in that is a lesbian and they don't make a big fanfare about it it's just sort of like she wakes up next to her partner and just kind of goes on her day-to-day life uh she's neither overly glamorous looking uh and her partner i don't know i mean for an American primetime lawyer soapy show, they both are are just kind of blending in fine. Yeah, I suppose. I mean, and that's the way you you kind of you. I don't know if you have to do it. That's but that's the you know the best way to do it is just not treat it as if it's a thing. And then if the audience are going to um, you know are going to ignore the fact, then that's up to the, that particular area of the audience the area of the audience who is going to celebrate the fact that they know the character is is queer they you know or by yeah i mean we we do a lot of shipping when it's sort of like 
insinuated, I suppose. Well, yeah, I mean, that leads you into the queerbaiting thing. So, you're, 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 you, again, you're going to either be accused of being of shoving it down people's throats or of queerbaiting. So it's, it's, I mean, it's not easy for these, for these production companies because they are trying to uh, appeal to a broad church, aren't they? So, yeah, and that's why, I mean... I, I am, without wanting to be a doormat, I am grateful for people that are just trying to get more representation out there. Yeah. It doesn't mean that, you know, maybe the fan base doesn't have a right to voice off and say, hey, you know, let's try to get more of this or more of that or more of the other thing. Or to let producers know when they're absolutely doing it wrong. But I'm not exactly going to complain if I see another, <laughs> gosh darn it, another beautifully dressed feminine lesbian on television. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, one way around it is to have shows that are strictly about those lead characters and sure. their queer lives. Yeah, um, and their assortment of friends. Yeah. Uh, exactly. Like you um, say, their, their queer lives. And if you, if you are going to have queer lead characters in an ensemble show that isn't specifically about them, then don't just introduce them to kill them off. Yes. Putting queer characters in your show just as sort of like a temporary set piece and then <laughs> letting your viewers fall in love with them only to sacrifice them at the altar of ratings or a surprise uh, cliffhanger. Uh, that, that trend that we know as burying your gaze. Uh, so along with queer baiting, which is the idea that maybe a character's gay, maybe they're not, we're not going to commit to it, but we know that you ship them. Burying your gaze is the other phenomenon that happens with queer representation on television. Remember how... <sighs> You used to pick up a lesbian novel or there would be a lesbian film out and there just would never be the rainbow. There'd never be the happy ending. Everything was just Radcliffe Hall's well of loneliness. <laughs> that is really the idea of burying your gaze. Like that gays don't get happy endings. They get killed. Gays are very much the sort of black friend of horror movies where they are the ones that get killed first or dramatically. Yeah. Uh, to further the plot. However, uh, I mean, we are doing better in that. The death rates of queer women have declined drastically since 2015 and the grand cull of 2016, where a total of something like 20 characters died in a single week of, of US TV. Uh, we're down into single figures in 2018. Only seven regular recurring queer women uh, died. However, six of those were women of colour. Um, uh, as were over half of the guest characters killed. So, uh, again, that is an, <laughs> another thing that you have to look at when it comes to queer representation across the board of media, which is that regularly when you do have queer representation, more than 50% of it is white. Another area that I wanted to address was the success of some women who have come out recently and what that means for the roles they accept, whether or not we're happy for gay women to play straight and straight women to play gay. I, Kate Blanchett received some, I think, blowback recently for, you know, playing multiple gay women. And, and it's that same argument of sort of like the minority actors should get to play those minority roles first. That logic, I think, applied to lesbian roles. But there are 
I guess, two threads to this. There are some heterosexual actresses that have made a habit lately of playing gay, where they've played at least two queer characters in the last year. I'm counting Kate Blanchett's uh, Ocean's 8 performance just because <laughs> everyone's shipping that as gay. I'm counting it. I'm calling it canon. So Kate Blanchett has played gay quite a bit recently. Emma Stone has played gay in, in two recent movies, or even with the favorite, if, if they're not... If they're not truly homosexual, they're, it's a power grab is the sex. That's a whole other topic. Um, shut up, Kate. <laughs> so Emma Stone, <laughs> Kate Blanchett, and uh, Rachel Weiss has also done the same. Yeah. So there's that trend. But there is, as I said, the trend of actresses successfully coming out and navigating their careers as if it ain't no big thing. So you have actresses like Ellen Page, uh, Sarah Paulson, who has been out for ages anyway. Uh, Tessa Thompson uh, and Janelle Monet are out as like bi and pansexual, I believe. Kate McKinnon has always been out. Kristen Stewart recently came out. Uh, those are just a few. What do you think about the idea of having to be constrained to playing only your own sexuality in a production. You wouldn't want people to be constrained. That's the the, the main thing. Uh, one thing that I, um, I learned a lot from the queer women uh, panel, queer women uh, actors panel uh, at Clexicon, was that uh, for, for the majority of their careers, like 90% of their roles, they are playing straight so because it's so refreshing to them when they get as queer women they get to play a queer character that i'd say it's less of an imperative than for example trans whereby the uh, experience required to not be a screaming stereotype is probably a little bit more important uh, especially as one of the things that we we've already asked for in this discussion is that, that queer women just appear like ordinary people going about mm. their queer day. Um, it's great if, you know, I mean, it, it's, it's not Othello, is it? You're not gonna, you're not gonna hire a white guy <laughs> and have them black up. Um, so if you can hire a queer actress to play a queer character and she's good enough, then that's great. You know? Yeah. I think it's for me, it is a little bit about just like who would be the best actress for the role. I'd say it, weirdly, the reverse effect of it is when a queer actress plays straight. I'm only mildly disappointed because I want more queer content. Yeah. Sometimes if I see like, oh, Kristen Stewart's going to be in a movie, I'm like, great, that little lesbian is sure to take on more lesbian <laughs> roles now. And then if it's going to be like a, a straight character or maybe like a character that's not defined, I might be a little bit like, oh, wanted some, <laughs> yeah. some lesbo action. I mean, at the, at the end of the day, the, 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 there are two things that um, we quite often come back to uh, – when we're talking about representation on strong female leads, one of which is follow the money. Without the money, the nothing gets made. And so if you need a name to make your live action anime series, that's why you cast Scarlett Johansson and not an, an Asian American actress or an Asian actress. You know, that's their excuse. And maybe if you can get Kate Blanchett for a queer role, you cast Kate Blanchett because your mon your mo movie's going to make more money and therefore someone is more willing to invest uh, the money in it. And the other thing is, is as our motto says on our Twitter feed, well done, just do better. 
<laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. That is uh, the words that we swear by. Hey, you're doing great, but if you could do it just a little <laughs> bit better. Yeah. That is an interesting segue maybe to Oscar bait kind of movies, because one of the other things I was reading about when researching this topic was how a lot of times movies featuring gay men have been really celebrated in a, a high profile way in an award season. So things like even stretching way back um, Philadelphia and Brokeback Mountain and uh, Call Me By Your Name. Mm. But films maybe about lesbians, maybe recently the only one to receive any sort of Oscar attention was Carol. And it didn't take the big win, but it was worth it, I think. This might change this year with The Favorite. That is one that is tipped to at least be nominated for a lot of major categories and is receiving a lot of praise. I saw it. One of my uh, favorite lesbians and uh, one-time uh, guest star of Strong Female Leads, Natalie Kosar, uh, and I disagreed about the success of the movie. Uh, she hated it. I loved it. Did you see The Favorite, Debs? Uh, I haven't, no. So it is somewhat divisive amongst some of my friends, but I think most people I'm talking to are loving it. We'll see if it's... It is something that stands up to best picture. I think the big issue that some lesbian women have had with the favorite has been whether or not it sort of like is truly queer or is it just like politicized queerness and or, you know, is is kind of lesbianism weaponized. And I would say, yeah, it, it is. But I didn't have a problem with that. It was just yeah. the way the story was told. Yeah. I mean, as opposed to heterosexual male sexuality being weaponized in the other 99.9% of movies. Yeah, yeah, true. I really enjoyed it. I, I took the criticism seriously in the sense that like it made me think about it. But then I was like, oh, no, that didn't didn't bother me. And I'm a pretty outspoken protector of all lesbian content. Yeah. But that is a, a big hit this year. Uh, 2019, a lot of projects coming up. Maybe in closing, is there one thing that you're really looking forward to in 2019? Ooh, Batwoman. Yes! <laughs> Sorry, it's going to be Batwoman. I, I really, I, I spent moments there racking my brain to think if there was something that was like really heartfelt and meaning in a sort of a boys don't cry kind of way. But no, it's fucking mm -hmm. Batwoman. It's Batwoman. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah. Batwoman is probably my number one as well, just because uh, Batwoman is one of my favorite, favorite DC characters. I'm a huge Bat nerd. When they introduced or reintroduced the idea of Batwoman a few years ago and they made her a lesbian called Kate, my heart almost stopped. Um, <laughs> and I love the character. But I suppose if I had to pick another one just to kind of throw a little more variance out there, there is supposed to be coming up a Christmas movie that's like uh, a rom-com so a rom-com Christmas lesbian film. And that's one that we really haven't had yet. So uh, that is the one starring Kristen Stewart. It's in pre-production right now. I have no idea what it's even called. But believe you me, I'll be tweeting about it the closer we get to Christmas. Yeah, yeah. We'll be doing a special episode on it. So, Yes. Uh, so that is our take on lesbian representation in film and television as of late. Really grateful for the opportunity to appear on Standard Issue as it is a kick-ass podcast. And hey, if you like stuff like this, join us over at Strong Female Leads. Tell them where they can find us, Debs. Uh, yeah, well, we are on uh, all your po favorite podcast platforms. Uh, at strong female, uh, just strong female leads. In fact, even if if you've got a Google Home device, you can just say, "Hey Google, play strong female leads," as mine is now doing in the kitchen.
So we're available at Podbean on iTunes and on Twitter at STR Female Leads. And if you want to find out more uh, in depth about the uh, lesbian and bisexual women's representation in TV and movies, predominantly in the States, but worldwide, you can find more at uh, Leswatch TV and LGBT Fans DB, both websites that actually actively monitor the um, lesbians on TV and in movies. Wonderful. And I don't know if you were lucky enough to get any of that sort of background noise, but my cat came in here to meow her face off. (laughs) There you go. Anyway, uh, thanks so much for having us, and we'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Bye. Standard issue for all women.